Hey, everybody. I'm Tyler Suters with the Consumer Technology Association. We are the owners and the producers of CES, the most influential tech event in the world. Brand new for 2021, CES is an all-digital show. And brand new for 2021, CES goes beyond just one week in Las Vegas. This is an all-digital show that runs through February 15th. So rather than just several days of meetings and conversations and discussions and, discussions and pitches, you are able to access the content from CES 2021, the keynotes, the conference sessions. You can schedule meetings, talk to exhibitors, see product unveils, all through February 15th, well beyond the traditional show dates of CES. And today we are taking you behind the scenes of the all digital show, a conversation on how CES 2021 came together, the value you can still get by attending this all digital show, and what CES 2022 may look like. That's all coming up on this edition of CES Tech Talk. Joining us now, Karen Chopka, the Executive Vice President of CES, and Gary Shapiro, the President and CEO of the Consumer Technology Association, the owner and producer of CES. Karen and Gary, great to have you with us. Congratulations on CES 2021. Thank you. Great to be here. We're happy to be here and uh, nice to start the new year off with uh, a great technology event. <laughs> well, after a year unlike any other in modern times, it was a CES unlike any other. First of all, you're not returning from Las Vegas. You're returning from Redmond, Washington, which was the the, the center for, for, for broadcast operations uh, for CES this year. Um, let's talk about how we got to this point for an all-digital CES 2021 and what you were really trying to accomplish um, through through the platform and, and this change uh, in format. Well, we started out in... Early in the year, once COVID hit, we started thinking about it. And by March, we'd made a decision with our board that we would have a two-track approach. One, a hybrid event, digital and physical, and the other just purely digital. And certainly by June, July, we knew what direction we were going. And in July, we announced that we would be purely digital. And we did that so everyone could adjust quickly. Everyone from our customer base and the exhibitors to the city of Las Vegas, our, our partner, our <laughs> normal years. Um, and it was a very important decision. Um, and we also decided that it was something we had to create our own, in a sense, platform for because some of the off-the-shelf, all the off-the-shelf ones just didn't seem to work for what we were trying to do. Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, very important for us that um, you, you, you really can't take what happens at a live trade show and just transform that, you know, with, with a push of a button to a digital format. And we really looked at what was the value that CES delivers. And, you know, for us, that that was the value of connections. And so, you know, we, we really wanted to make sure that what we were doing was going to help people to connect in the way that they connect when they're in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, we also and, and heard from our, our customers that they wanted us to go forward. Um, look, we're the most important innovation event in the world, and innovation to us is going to be solving some of the most fundamental problems we've had. We've seen this during the pandemic, what technology has done. It's allowed us to stay connected with each other, to do many of our jobs, for our kids to be schooled, for telehealth, and all those things are about technology. And, and this pandemic, as bad as it's been, has had a silver lining and it, it's accelerated the digital transformation and frankly, the transformation of our own industry in, in new directions and in new ways. It's, it's shifted the arc 
of technology and innovation. And we were 100% certain and got 100% support from our industry that we should go forward and try to create a digital event um, and focus on what's important, which is personalization, customization, discovery, great speakers, great conferences, the ability for companies to have private meetings. And that's what we looked for. And that's why we ended up partnering with Microsoft because they delivered so much of it and they filled in a lot of the gaps of the things we could not do, including literally producing uh, hundreds of hours of programming. Mm -hmm. And the ability to reach uh, such a broad global audience, right? That the barrier to, to entry, if you will, was, was so much lower without having to travel, without having to be in a certain place, and, and technology enables that. Um, challenges aside, let's look at the, the glass half full at this point. What are the aha moments that you all discovered that, that tech helped you achieve? I mean, what, what turned out better than, than you expected or, or surprised you about CES 2021? Well, you know, I think I think first of all, um, you know, there it, it was a little bit of that, um, you know, excitement that that the industry put into it. I mean, um, you know, we we built a platform for the show, but obviously, having exhibitors come and and be prepped and and uh, you know put together their showcases was um, you know really really interesting to watch and 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 it was interesting to see how how they really uh, were able to tell the stories about their products um, and and how they put those to life in a digital world and. You know, I think I think many of those were really high quality productions and high quality, um, you know, pieces that were that were kind of put together. And uh, you know, for me, uh, knowing that a lot of this happened within a two month time, I mean, it was really impressive to see how the industry came together to really celebrate what was happening from a technology standpoint, to tell mm -hmm. their stories, and um, and even to see how the the startups did that. I mean, we had over six hundred and eighty startups come to CES. Uh, the, it, 2021 and to even just see how they creatively um, helped put their messaging together and helped you know help helped make their uh, showcases kind of stand out what was kind of interesting and, and really exciting to watch Gary well there were several moments for me uh, even before the event just a couple weeks before when we realized that we might have to cut off the number of companies because we planned for a thousand we, we ended up with almost 2,000 companies that wanted to showcase what they could do and reach the industry, the global industry. Also the fact that we could do things because we're totally digital. We, could, we changed the show dates to give everyone another week. We extended the platform by another 30 days so it goes to February 15th so anyone who's pre-registered can go on and see the conferences they missed or even contact and have communication and, and meetings with exhibitors. So it was, it was great. And even how the keynotes and major, major sessions were produced Phenomenal. I mean, there is excitement to a live event, but the pre-produced events even were so incredible. Uh, every keynote, and it got even bigger coverage as it went outside our platform. Uh, but for example, Mary Barra during the uh, GM keynote, GM stock went up almost 10% as she was speaking. And that is the kind of power that CES has when it goes globally and digitally. And that's why we're pretty excited about going forward in 2022 with the best of what we have digitally. What about those keynotes? And and Gary, you cite GM and, and Mary Barr and the big reveal um, of, of GM's new logo and this decided turn toward electrification. But you look at the keynote lineup right out of the box and, and listing everyone in order, Hans Vesberg and Verizon, Mary Barra, GM, Dr. Lisa Sue, AMD, and Corey Berry, Best Buy. 
Those are your first four keynoters, four major CEOs of global brands. Um, it, it's got to be easier to pull that together, not having to get such high-level CEOs in one physical space at roughly the same time. Absolutely. Uh, we also had the CEO of Walmart for the first time. Um, people were eager to speak at CES because of the global audience. And, and frankly, it was a little bit easier for them because they didn't have to travel uh, to Las Vegas. And they could have a more controlled environment. But we also had live press conferences, uh, at least the question and answer portion. And we had live uh, events that spotlighted companies where they did demonstrations. Companies approached the event differently depending upon what their needs were, how adventurous they were. And as Karen said, you know, they did it really quickly in two months and they all produced quality presentations, which will still exist and have a life after the show. And it's what we've done is extend since the four or five day CES to now over 30 days. But it'll, I think it'll just keep growing in terms of the duration and the value that we have in terms of our impact, not to mention the magnification by the huge amount of media coverage we got. Karen, you mentioned the idea of, of, of serendipity uh, at a physical CES, and it's part of the magic of being at the show. Um, inevitably, you know that changes in in all digital platform, especially with with sessions, uh, in conference, uh, and meetings, and things being being pre recorded at least for for public viewing. Um, how does that change the the experience? I think we're all used to it by now, after you know going digital for almost a year since the pandemic struck in the U.S. But um, what did that mean for CES 2021? You know, I, I think that um, one of the interesting things I, I got probably, uh, I think the day after I got back from the show was um, an email from, from you know, one of our exhibitors, who, or actually was an attendee, who said, great show, really great experience. In fact, I met somebody new via chat. They, you know, <laughs> uh, sent me a chat message and we connected and I think we're probably going to be able to do business together in the future. And I really didn't expect that to happen on, on a digital platform. And, you know, I think that was what, like I said, we really tried to, you know, bring as far as the value of, of what we were trying to build there. And you had to opt in and, and decide that you were going to, you know, be be public in the attendee directory. Um, you had to take a chance and go out and, and um, chat with people and, and, you know, try to strike up some conversations. And we did see people doing that, you know. I think the other thing that was um, kind of fun to watch was that as the anchor desk was live, um, you know, we also had a chat feature there. And it was interesting because first day of the show, you saw people saying hi, you know, from hi from China, hi from Korea, hi from, right, you know, right. Kansas. I mean, people from all over the world um, basically saying, hi, I'm here. And then as the days went on, you started seeing people saying, hey, you know, come check out my product or, hey, you know, um, I just announced this. So it then became kind of a different way of, of, of sharing information. And, and you know, again, this this was something that was sort of, sort of something that was driven by serendipity of what, you know, people were, were learning how to use the platform and learning how to, um, you know, bring bring more attention to, to their selves or their products. And, you know, all, at the end of the day, that's really what we were hoping to do was to help people connect. Yeah. And so the Anchor Desk was essentially news programming throughout the the, the heart of, of CES uh, with key interviews of uh, exhibitors and global companies, leaders, and recaps and looks at conference sessions and, and keynotes and real deep dives into CES 2021 and, in fairness, in years past, too. And you're right, that organic chat where everyone started just checking in, you know, high from fill-in-the-blank country or city or state was, was cool. And then you did see the elevator pitch evolve from 
was traditionally a 30-second verbal pitch into you know 200 characters or less, right? It's a, it's a different way of doing business. Um, Gary, over to you now because you, you're involved in so many of those business conversations and and are are um, there while while deals are getting done at, at CES. You go in with one idea of what an all digital show will look like. Um, what are the takeaways, the lessons you learned about how it actually manifested, how it came together, and how that changed from the original vision of what you thought it might be? Well, for us, it was a real challenge because we are great at producing big physical event every year, uh, but we had very little experience in producing a digital event. And it was gratifying for me to see how Karen and uh, Gene Foster, our head of marketing, and, and pulled together a lot of different people from different areas, even from our human resources department or our membership department, uh, accounting, others, that they, they took on different tasks, they learned different skills, they stepped up, they volunteered, they worked really hard, and they had to do it under a lot of pressure for things they were uncomfortable with. I think it's fair to say that everyone in our team developed different skills. And that's what this uh, pandemic has done to us in a sense. It's, it's forced us to do things we're uncomfortable with just to, frankly, to survive. And that's uh, the digital transformation has definitely accelerated. It's been positive in a sense that we're moving forward in the use of technology. And we're also discovering how human we really are. Because there's one thing in, in almost every interview I had with a journalist, I was able to, um, they'd say, you know, I used to grumble about going to Las Vegas. I really miss it. I miss seeing the people. I miss running into people. I miss doing all these things. And as fabulous as this digital experience was and stretching us out, I look forward to uh, going back to Las Vegas, going back to other conferences and events and seeing people and discovering them and actually even seeing our own staff and our own employees and obviously our friend, my friends and relatives and everything that we've been depriving ourselves from. And, you know, technology is great, but the video screen is uh, it's a great substitute and it's allowed us to keep our economy going and our event and our staff and everything else. But it hasn't it doesn't replace live human interaction. And we may not get to hugs and handshakes by CES 2022, <laughs> but um, and we may be wearing masks. We'll certainly have all these great new practices for hygiene. And maybe it will, you know, there'll be certain restrictions uh, countries may have, others may have, we'll just deal with them. But my great hope is that we can return to being human again and seeing each other and discovering things and discovering, getting that five sense experience where we look at an exhibit and we can really get a sense for what the company is. How those discussions, you bump into people, you know, you do things. And that's, we're all missing that, I think, as humans. And mm -hmm. that, that was my biggest takeaway, if you want to know the truth in this experience, huh. is that, you know, you don't know what you are missing until you lose it. And we've, we've all lost it as a world, in a sense, these last several months. And I think we're all kind of ready to get back. <laughs> yeah, we did see a lot of that in uh, the media coverage, too. Um, some of uh, the journalists who, who go year after year to CES talked about what they what they missed and and how different the week was and that they can't wait to get back, which which I think emphasizes your point, Gary. Um, Karen, what about you? Your, you and your team bring some 170,000 people together in Las Vegas every year, um, more than 4,500 exhibitors. Uh, no one was physically you know, going or being brought anywhere for CES 2021. Um, what's your takeaway? You know, I think I think it was um, you know a, a couple things, which is that um, I mean, obviously, you have to approach this completely different than you would you know a live event, and and you know you you saw that with how we put the programs together. I mean, typically at a at a CES, we have over 300 sessions that take place over the course of of the four days of the show. 
you know, we whittled that down to about 100 sessions um, for the digital format just, just because, you know, there's only so much content you can push out. Um, we also had to, you know, lessen the formats, meaning um, what is typically an hour conference session was cut to 30 minutes or sometimes maybe 40 minutes if it, if it had, you know, many panel members on it. Um, so, so that was one thing. You know, I think the other lesson learned is, is it was not just us who were also having to think about this differently. It was also all of our exhibitors. And so there was also a huge learning curve with them. Not only on um, you know how to put this together, but also just on how to use the tools and how to activate their showcases and how to um, you know just even upload their material so that they could have a, a, a showcase. And and a lot of that work you know was really done in the last four weeks. And so um, it was a it was I think most of our customers are used to that that crunch time, but it was a different crunch time this time. And you know we were asking them to do things that in some instances they weren't comfortable with, for which means uh, which I'm talking about in those senses the the spotlight sessions, which were live sessions that um, you know that were being uh, run run right there and right then. Um, and so you know I, I think it was also just having those tools and resources available to help them um, along that was. You know, one of the one of the big lessons learned, and you know, and I, I think the other thing that um, is a little secret that I don't think we ever really told anybody about was that the entire entire day two of the show was run on a generator because um, there was a huge storm that came <laughs> through and, and we lost power again. I mean, that that power thing seems to happen sometimes with us, right? But this was like the fact that we woke up. There was, you know, our hotel had power, but as we started driving over to the studios, realizing that there was trees down, power down, we get to, you know, the campus and um, half of the campus is dark and we're running on generator. And, uh, you know, that was one of those thank you moments that, um, you know, we picked the right partner who happened to have a full generator ready to go and, and could run a studio and all that content that we did, um, you know, for 24 hours, for the last 24 hours of the, of yeah. the day. So, uh, so that was a big lesson learned, which is, um, you know, I'll always be prepared even in a digital world. <laughs> there was drone video sent by the city of Las Vegas, uh, you know, a drone going going down the strip and one lighted up sign after another saying, we miss you, CES. Um, a, a big virtual hug and, and recognition that, as we said at the, at, at the outset, this is a very different year for CES and, and certainly for Las Vegas. Um you all are, are so personally and deeply connected to Las Vegas and have had that relationship for, for decades now. Um, how did it strike you? And, and Gary, let's start with you. What was your reaction to that, to those, you know, that, that real outpouring of, of you know, longing for what was normal? Well, to me, Las Vegas is the best convention city in the world. It has more hotel rooms than any city in the Americas. It has three of the 10 largest convention centers, and we use all of them. And, and I know the most difficult part of 2020 for me was that one phone call to Las Vegas to say that Karen and I were on, or we just had to give them the news before it broke publicly that we wouldn't be using them in 2021, January. And I know how much they were looking forward to us as, as breaking the, the, the virus. So the fact that they they've responded so positively and understanding and, and, and just did that extra effort there, um, showing that they value the relationship is was really really nice they're it, they're so good at what they do and you know i don't think seattle will be um where we would have a physical ces i mean it's great for a digital one but uh, las vegas is is our city and it's it's a wonderful partnership they'll be around but they're hurting now and and the fact that we contributed to the hurt just just breaks my heart um 
but we we'll hope to make up to them in years to come by continuing to be in Vegas and having a strong global event based in Las Vegas. Karen? Yeah, I think that was, um, you know, that was such a touching moment because I think, especially it, it was that Sunday night that they did it, um, you know, right, right before press day. And um, it was very touching because we were also seeing the reporters starting to write their own stories about how much they missed taking that airplane ride to Las Vegas. And, you know, all of the little things that we, we come to know and love about, about being in Vegas on, on our feet all, all, you know, for four days of a, of a trade show. And so it was kind of this buildup of, of sort of everybody having that same feeling of, of just being, you know, sad about the fact that, that this tradition was broken, something that we had, you know, I had done for most, I don't know, 30 years, Gary Moore. Um, Thanks, I, I know, well, <laughs> but um, anyways, you know, so, so there was this lead up and then all of a sudden we saw this, you know, kind of like you said, this virtual hug from Las Vegas and it's, it, it was, it was lovely to see and it was touching to see, but it also, it also was hard because, you know, it, it is, it, I mean, the city itself right now is having a tough time. I mean, so many workers there are not able to work because trade shows aren't back yet. And, um, and so it was also kind of bringing that to light again too. Um, but you know, as Gary said, this is an important city to us. We've been there since 1978. I mean, you know, we were so excited to um, potentially be the first show to get to use the brand new West Hall that um, that you know is is opening this month. And uh, and so you know, we're very we're we're very much looking forward to going back and helping to um, bring everybody back together and uh, and and have that live moment again. And uh, you know, and, and I think that the good news is we'll also be able to bring now some of our digital expertise together with that and make it even a better show come 2022. Wrapping up now, let's let's talk about CES 2022. There are no absolutes, no guarantees. And Gary, when you were talking about the years ahead, you were you know very careful to qualify them with ifs and and you know uh, all the necessary you know conditionals, right? What does CES 22 2022 look like at this stage to both of you? What will it be? The future is not going to be purely digital events. It's going to be what we believe is hybrid, that we'll take the best of what we learned and can do in, in digital. And I will back up a little bit and say one of our guidelines for doing what we did digitally was we did not try to do everything. We did not have AR and VR and 3D and all sorts of stuff. We wanted to be a strong event doing some things great. And that was our goal. And now in terms of going forward, I think we're going to have to be realistic because to produce a physical event with a quality that we're known for uh, that meets the needs of, of the industry and focuses on innovation and breakthroughs and also enhancing it digitally, which allows us to reach people in the world that we couldn't otherwise get to Las Vegas. I think we're going to have to be thinking through very carefully about what works, what doesn't, and what frankly is just resources, not only of us, but of our, our customers and our exhibitors, um, it's, it's what they want to do as well. And we're, we, of course, as we do in every show, we survey every constituency. And this year's survey is really different because it really focuses on the digital event and what worked and what they'd like to see in the future. And that's we're going to be looking at those results very carefully. Plus, we have a whole bunch of data to look at based on the people who were there, how they spent time, the, what, what, they, what they did and what they wanted and, or what they couldn't do that they wanted to do. Karen? 
Yeah, I think for for CES 2022, I mean, you know, we we did start selling the show early this year. We started, um, you know, having exhibitors uh, take space um, in in the fall, um, and right now we have it's well over a million square feet sold. So you know, there's a lot of interest in coming in and and being in the show. Um, you know, we are assuming that we will need um, social distancing measures in place, and so we have drawn the floor plans to allow for that and you know give some additional space. I mean, that's. Uh, where there's the benefit of having the new building is that we have additional space that enables us to do that. Um, you know, and I think that that there is that, you know, uh, the one thing that that I, I heard people say this week was, wow, those products were cool that were launched. I just wish I could touch them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, the excitement of being able to be alive again and, and touch things is is really important. Um, but I also think that there are some really cool things that we were able to do in the digital world that we'll want to bring to the live event too. And, you know, some of that has to do with the connections that people were able to make. And even, even the fact that, you know, we were able to have a way for attendees to connect with each other, which, which we haven't been really able to do in, in, um, you know, the live world. So, you know, I think that there'll be, um, some, some really good lessons that we'll learn and, and we'll be able to bring in, into the event. And, um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that we'll get to, um, you know, again, see some, see some new innovations. I'm excited that I think, you know, people will also look differently at how they even come to the show and how they, um, you know, how they activate at the show. I mean, this is one of the things we're looking at just even in our survey questions is understanding a little bit about what's the value of both, because, you know, I think that there probably are going to be exhibitors are going to, that are going to want to continue with some form of a digital presence as well. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're really looking at that from a holistic picture, so that um, so that there's a you know positive experience for everyone to have as a result of what we learned from 2021 and what we could do better in 2022. Karen Shapka is executive vice president of CES. Gary Shapiro is the president and CEO of the Consumer Technology Association. Congratulations to you both on CES 2021 and CES 2022. Sure does sound exciting already. Thank you both for taking time today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. That is a wrap for this edition of CES Tech Talk and a wrap for this season of CES Tech Talk. So glad you could be with us. And look, if you missed any of our podcast episodes running up to CES 2021, they're all available for you on download or streaming. Just go to your favorite podcast platform. And for all of you CES attendees and registrants, you can see all the content from CES 2021 through February 15th of this year. So if you missed a conference session, a panel discussion, a keynote, a product unveil, it's all there on the CES 2021 platform. Just check out the content before or by February 15th. Now, it's not too early to talk about what lies ahead. The dates for CES 2022, January 5th, Through the 8th, we are planning to see you in Las Vegas for a hybrid event, CES 2022. Again, those dates, January 5th through the 8th. As always, nothing about this podcast would be remotely possible without our true stars, executive producer Jennifer Drogas, our assistant producer Kristen Nemiroff, and our senior studio engineer John Lindsay. You all are the best in the business. I'm Tyler Suters. Let's talk tech again soon.